Hello, I'm Mike Lindell, inventor of my pillow, here to tell you about my Giza Dream bed sheets. I made sure that they would be everything you'd ever want in a sheet set. I started with the world's finest cotton called Giza. It's only grown in a region where the Sahara Desert, the Nile River, and the Mediterranean Sea all meet. The long staple cotton makes my Giza Dream sheets ultra soft and durable. They come with extra wide pillowcases to fit over any pillow and extra deep pockets to fit over any mattress. Not only that, they come with my 60-day money-back guarantee and a 10-year warranty. And now you can get the best sheets ever for the best price ever. When you buy one of my Giza Dream bed sheet sets, you'll get another one absolutely free. I personally guarantee that they'll be the most comfortable sheets you'll ever own. Go to MyPillow.com and click on the Radio Listener Specials for the buy one, get one free offer on Giza Sheets. All you got to do, Renegade Nation, is enter the promo code RENEGADE or call 1-800-889-6817 for these great specials. That's 1-800-889-6817. Use the promo code RENEGADE. Please be aware, the stories, theories, reenactments, and language in this podcast are of an adult nature and can be considered disturbing, frightening, and in some cases, even offensive. Listener discretion is therefore advised. Welcome, heathens. Welcome to the world of the weird and unexplained. I am your host, Nicole Delacroix, and together we will be investigating stories about the things that go bump in the night, frighteningly imagined creatures, supernatural beings, and even some unsolved mysteries, but all sorts of weirdness. So sit back, grab your favorite drink, and prepare to be transported to today's dark enigma. And on today's dark enigma, well, today's suggestion was rather simple. They wanted something tropical, So I merged that with the next request, which was for a missing person story, and voila, we have today's episode. So, with that said, we will still be playing our drinking game, and as you know, the drinking game is only for those of us that are at home and have nowhere else to go tonight. The choice of libation, as always, my darlings, is yours, so choose your poison accordingly. Alright, now for the game part. How about every time a tragic vanished in paradise tale? Dum, dum, dum. You know, I just needed some dramatic music there for a second. Anyways, on to the story. Vanishings happen all of the time and to people of all walks of life. This is not a phenomenon regulated to the destitute, down on their luck, or nobodies. Indeed, there have been numerous high-profile disappearances throughout history that have managed to shock not only because of their baffling nature, but also because of the high-profile status of the victims. But what happens when a CIA agent goes out for a walk in the woods and vanishes without a trace? Now, if this was a Mission Impossible movie, his adventure would have just begun. He would have bedded the hot female assassin, defeated the villains, and driven some pimped-out supercar into the sunset. And, of course, there'd be, you know, some flying off of planes and, you know, no parachutes and all that good stuff. However, there were no happy endings for former 
OSS officer James Harrison Wilson Thompson, known to the world simply as Jim Thompson, the art-loving American who revived interest in Thai silk and the Thai silk industry. Thompson's disappearance, coupled with his later known affiliation with the OSS, sparked interesting conspiracy theories, because how could it not? Now, for those of you that are, you know, not history buffs like me and are unaware, the OSS was the U.S. intelligence agency during, the world, during world War II, and it is the forerunner of the modern CIA. So, an OSS agent's mysterious disappearance was perfect fodder for conspiracy theory enthusiasts. A long time. Long enough for people to either come up with theories as to what really happened to the adventure-loving American, who was 61 at the time, but we're about to find out. But as you know, we always start our story at the beginning. And we're going to begin with James Harrison Wilson Thompson, was born into a very privileged life. He was born in 1906 to a wealthy family in Delaware. Thompson was privy to a high-class education at Princeton University, as well as studying architecture at the University of Pennsylvania. After graduating, he went on to design opulent homes for the wealthy, in spite of the fact that he had continuously failed the test to become a licensed architect on three separate occasions in the 1930s. He was basically a sham, yet his designs were well-received and he did quite well for himself. Thompson would go on to quit his job as an architect and pursue a life of a very different sort, enlisting in the Delaware National Guard and going on to serve as an agent for the Office of Strategic Services, or the OSS, during World War II, which was, of course, the predecessor for the CIA that we know today. It couldn't have been any different from his previous life if it tried. As World War II was coming to a close, Thompson found himself stationed in Bangkok, Thailand, a place he developed a deep affinity and passion for, and when the war ended, he desired to stay there. Which, by the way, if you've ever been to Thailand, beautiful country, beautiful people, wonderful place to be. Just saying, I love me some Thailand. Seriously, the food is amazing. Just saying. Anyways. During his stay in Thailand, he had developed an interest in the weaving of silk, and he began to eye the Thai silk industry, which had, well, in other words, seen better days. At the time, although Thailand had good resources and skills for silk production, much of the finished product in the country was actually imported from elsewhere, and Thompson saw this lagging industry as a potential untapped business venture, and he wasn't joking. With just a small initial investment, he launched the Thai Silk Company in 1948, and through his use of vibrant colors, better quality fabric, and various deals, he was eventually able to get his products used in the famous and beloved Rodgers and Hammerstein musical, The King and I, after which his silk empire flourished. As a result, 
Thompson's silk became legendary, and he almost single-handedly made Thai silk into a world-famous commodity, completely reinvigorating the industry in the country and, in the process, employing countless locals in his business, which also kick-started the flailing economy. Way to go, Jam. And I will tell you, I'm a big fan of Thai silk. Beautiful, beautiful fabrics. By all accounts, Thompson was a hero in Thailand and in many respects left America behind, leaving his wife and becoming fully focused on revitalizing the Thai silk trade and becoming a major player in high society in Bangkok. In 1959, he would use his architectural savvy to design and construct a luxurious mansion for himself in Thailand, often called the Moonlight Bungalow a vast teak wood structure incorporating several styles of Thai architecture and composed of an array of quaint villas, polished ceramic walkways, and verdant green gardens, which became famous in and of itself and is even today a major tourist attraction in Bangkok. At the time, the impressive mansion and its extensive collection of numerous priceless objects of art became the center of high society in the region, the hub of the influential, and the venue for countless high-class parties. It seemed that Jim Thompson had it made and was living his dream rich and successful in the paradise of the country that he so loved. But the story is simple, in fact, too simple for people to accept at face value. On Easter Day, March 26, 1967, Thompson, who at that time was based in Thailand, had come to Malaysia for a holiday. He was staying at the Moonlight Cottage in Tanarata, Cameron Highlands, hosted by his friends Dr. and Mrs. Ling. After church in the morning, Thompson had gone back to his cottage to rest, and about 3 p.m., he decided to go for a walk. His hosts, who were resting at that time, heard his steps on the trail, walking away from the house, and assumed that he was going for a stroll, which was something he did often. And that was the last anyone ever saw or heard from him. According to a report by the U.S. Department of Justice, Dated May 8, 1967, a search was hastily organized immediately after he went missing. The police, along with Thompson's family and friends, had combed the entire vicinity until 2 a.m. in the morning to no avail. Despite extensive search operations for 11 days involving over 500 people, the authorities were unable to find anything that could help explain what happened to Jim Thompson. The absence of a lead naturally made way for speculation, and many theories have since emerged. It's believed that the Thai silk king, who loved going for walks, had left the house via the kitchen door and walked the trail now known as the Jim Thompson Trail, a significant tourist attraction that allows visitors to indulge in the possibility of finding a clue on those tracks. Like those tourists, many have also embarked on a journey to understand the disappearance of the 61-year-old and examine whether this cold case remains unsolved due to lack of evidence or simply because of Thompson's high-profile life. Search and rescue expert Dr. Llewellyn Tolman has been studying the disappearance of Thompson for many years now. 
In his research video, The Mysterious Disappearance of Jim Thompson, he analyzes and explains why, in his opinion, some of these theories remain mere myths. One of the most notable things said by Talman in his work is that even the U.S. Embassy had classified Thompson's case as having virtually no prospect of solution. In other words, they basically declared that they've given up. Besides the embassy, a Thai investigator, Mr. Noon, who was apparently renowned at that time, had said, This is an impossible case. There is not even a trace to go on. Noon, however, later concluded that he was absolutely sure that Thompson could not have gone missing in the jungle. No explanation was given for this opinion other than him crediting his own expertise. Which, you know, if you're an expert, you can always refer to yourself and not have to answer questions, right? Because that's awesome. One idea is that Thompson had been the victim of some conspiracy to take him out of the picture. After all, when you catapult to such resounding success as fast as he did, you're bound to make some enemies along the way. And by all accounts, Thompson had plenty of people who would not have been too disappointed to see him eliminated. But no body was ever located. There was also the possibility that he had been kidnapped, but then again, there was never any ransom. Related to these possibilities is that Thompson was thought to have generated his fear of contempt, of contempt among the Thais for his incredible collection of ancient pieces of art. Indeed, Thompson's Moonlight Bungalow was known for harboring one of the finest collections of Southeast Asian artwork and antiques in the world. He had amassed countless paintings, statues, pottery, scrolls, porcelain, earthenware, carvings, and alleged five stolen Buddha heads to the point that his sprawling, lavish home was a veritable museum of such artifacts, and this is seen as perhaps fueling animosity towards him among the locals. As biographer Joshua Kurlinzik puts it, and I quote, Thompson appeared to have used his Thai art collection like his silk business, or his home, one could add, to make it seem like he knew more about Thailand than Thai people themselves. Some Thais simply resented Thompson's success. End quote. In light of this, it is thought that someone had perhaps taken it upon themselves to get rid of Thompson and take back the artwork that rightfully belonged to the Thai people, perhaps even the Thai government themselves. Then there is the idea that he simply wandered off and got lost in the jungle, ultimately succumbing to the dangers of the wilderness and all of its perils and wild animals. But Thompson was a very experienced hiker and outdoorsman who often took hikes out into the jungle and was also a former highly trained soldier. So, yeah, there's that. In the years since Thompson disappeared, there have been a variety of intriguing yet ultimately useless leads and tips. One cook from a nearby Lutheran mission bungalow claimed that she had seen the missing man standing on a plateau for around 30 minutes before proclaiming that he suddenly disappeared. There was another witness who claimed that Thompson was in Tahiti several months after his supposed vanishing, but this of course amounted to nothing. Similarly, various other sightings of the silk magnet were made all over the place, and there were claims that a menacing caravan of five vehicles had pulled up to the area where he was last seen shortly before his vanishing, or that there was even a sudden switch of taxis indicating an attempted abduction, but these have all led absolutely nowhere. But let's focus on the theories and let's dive deep, because there's several of them. 
So theory number one is that he was ousted by the OSS. Now, according to Talman, the first theory that emerged after the disappearance of Thompson was that the OSS killed him. And he stated, and I quote, In my opinion, that is just utter nonsense. Why would the CIA get rid of someone who was once part of their team? From my research, Thompson was quite an asset to them, and he had apparently done some amazing investigative work, which I unfortunately could not get an elaboration on. I cannot name my sources, but one person who believed in this theory told me that he was running supplies to the Vietnamese for the ongoing Vietnam War. In fact, there were also claims that Thompson had opposed the war in Vietnam and rebuked someone in the force to state his opposition to the ongoing war. Hmm. End quote. The Vietnam War, which lasted for 20 years, saw the U.S.'s longest combat force participation. Logically speaking, the fact that Thompson was an asset to the U.S. government would have put the Vietnamese off from reaching out to him. In addition, there were no records whatsoever, not even at the U.S. Embassy in Malaysia, of Thompson working against them. So this theory really doesn't hold any water, but it's the first one that came out. Speculation supporting this theory is an eyewitness claim that Thompson had left the cottage in a black car. Commenting on this, Talman said that in, place, in a place like Cameroon Highlands, cars were very limited back in 1967, and he states, and I quote, In addition to that, they were very loud. So if a car had made its way uphill to get Thompson, people within 100 meters would have heard it, and that would indicate his host, the Lings, but they claimed that they only heard him walk away. And there's that theory. So theory number two is that he was killed by criminals or terrorists. Research shows that this was an apparent possibility due to Thompson's financial status as the Silk King, which earned him a minimum income of U.S. of $1.5 million a year. Now that was in 1967, guys. You know that would be like almost 20-fold now, right? It was a little like a millionaire on a holiday in the Highlands, let's kidnap him and demand ransom kind of situation. This was, however, debunked by the Malaysian police, whose report said the police has contacted all criminals and communist gangs in Malaysia and received assurance that none of these groups had knowledge pertinent to the victim's disappearance. The statement by the police brings to light the presence of another strong player, terrorists, because, you know, they didn't just happen in 2000, they happen all the time. Thompson went missing just as the communist insurgency began leading up to the Malayan emergency. This dangerous context makes this theory very plausible. According to filmmaker Barry Broman, who made a two-hour documentary called Who Killed Jim Thompson, a former member of the Communist Party of Malaya, the CPM, had made a deathbed confession claiming that the communists did indeed execute Thompson. Broman, at the premiere of his documentary in Thailand in 2017, had said that his friend Zuwicha Noi Haran Pruik had contacted him back in 2012 and told him of a deathbed confession made by his friend's uncle, Teo Pokwa, who once served as a cadre with CPM. Pokwa had told his nephew, Teo Pin, that the CPM had executed Thompson, as he had made known his intention of wanting to meet Chin Peng, who was CPM's secretary general at the time. He Adds to it, and he states, Broman, Thompson wanted to meet Chin Ping, who was the most wanted man in Malay. 
adding that a request from the American had elicited suspicious suspicions in Cameroon Highlands, which at the time was a hotbed for communist activities. In fact, Moonlight Cottage, where Thompson stayed before his disappearance, had once served as the CPM headquarters. Pakwa had explained that the dangerous request by Thompson to meet the most wanted man in Malaysia had forced CPM and its sympathizers to dig more information about Thompson, which then unraveled his history as a Secret Service agent. He further added that it was not a good time for a Westerner with a past history of being an intelligence agent to be asking to meet Chin Peng. This prompted the communists to terminate the spy's life. As valid as this sounds, the communists were always one to claim responsibility, especially after the assassination of a high-profile individual, such as British High Commissioner Sir Henry Gurney, which took place in 1951. So, if they didn't claim it, yeah, I'm going to say maybe they didn't do it. But there's a whole two-hour documentary on it, and by the way, wonderful film. Mr. Broman is a genius. You will really love it. He's got a lot of really good things to say about it. So if you get a chance, watch it. Anyways, moving on. Theory number three. It must have been love. Okay, I'm not going to sing. But could it have been love? No mystery is complete without a love scandal. From the days of Lady Macbeth to the tawdry tales of the movie Unfaithful, the plot line is rather similar. Person's married, person falls in love with someone else, and finally person is killed by the partner's spouse. And that is allegedly what happened to Thompson, who was known for having many girlfriends during and after his short-lived marriage to Patricia Maury Thraves. Thompson was married to her for all of three years, and there were claims they got divorced when she found out that Thompson was a homosexual. But this, of course, remains unverified. Talman claims that during the time of his disappearance, Thompson was actually having a fling with the wife of the then United Nations ambassador, Charles Yost. And he quotes, It was suspected that his wife, Irina, was having an affair with Thompson for almost a year. When her husband found out, he was enraged and ordered that Thompson be killed immediately. Besides Irina, there were claims that he had many gay lovers. The numbers are unknown, but it is claimed that the Thai police had received reports from two sources, one from Bangkok and the other from personnel in Cameroon Highlands, both claiming that Jim was quite the love master who had lovers on both sides of the gender divide. This theory, although very juicy and convenient and ironically funny when it's Bangkok, (laughs) was clearly unfounded as there was no proof tying his death to any scandalous affairs. Although I will say Bangkok. How much do I love saying that word? Anyways, theory number four, consumed by the forest. The one theory that makes the most sense and is somewhat credible in nature is the possibility that Thompson died in the forest. This is heavily supported by the fact that Dr. Ling, his friend and host, described Thompson as an unreasonable, adventure-loving man. According to Talman, the day before Thompson disappeared, he and Dr. Ling had decided to walk to the golf course, which was supposed to be 30 minutes away from the cottage by foot. The two, however, got lost in the forest and only reached the golf course four hours later. It was said that Dr. Ling was rather annoyed and uncomfortable as his body began aching, but Thompson, on the other hand, was ecstatic at the idea of getting lost and was in an unusually good mood for the rest of the evening. He's a psychopath, that's all I can say. I'm just saying. Anybody who wants to walk for 30 minutes straight, let alone four hours, is a fucking psychopath. Test me on that one. Anyways. 
Not a surprise, really, considering his hardcore history of serving in World War II. Now, this seems like the most credible testimony by far, as it comes from someone who was close to Thompson and had spent the morning with him before he vanished into the forest of Tanarada. Though there were claims that he could have been mauled by tigers, what makes more sense would be that Thompson fell into a ditch, a spur, or even an animal trap. Considering Thompson's poor health, he did have a failing gallbladder and a weak heart. These conditions would have worsened his dire situation and ultimately caused his death. In explaining the absence of the body, Dr. Ling said that the highland forests were thick and there was always rain, so there was a possibility that the search and rescue party could have missed him in their haste, and by the time the second search was conducted, he was buried under mud. Adding to all of these bizarre facts is the fact that Thompson's sister was found dead in her home in the United States several months later after being brutally beaten to death. But there's never been a solid connection between the two events, but they are really weird. Perhaps the most promising piece of evidence to turn up after the vanishing was in 1985 when a set of fragments of what appeared to be skeletal human remains were found in the Cameroon Highlands. However, they have never been conclusively shown to be those of Thompson, and the location in which they were found has been widely considered to be too far from where the silk tycoon disappeared. The remains have since been relocated and seem to have, well, disappeared. Because if there's not one mystery, there's four, right? The mystery just seems to be endlessly debated and picked over without getting anywhere at all. And one Thompson biographer by the name of William Warren has said of the mysterious case, and I quote, The beauty of the case was that it was so marvel marvelously flexible. It could be adjusted to meet almost any theoretical need. Thompson probably got lost in the jungle, just as Amelia Earhart probably crashed somewhere in the Pacific, and Elvis Presley probably died in 1977. But conspiracy theorists rarely shave with Occam's razor. Thompson has left behind a tangle of intrigue and speculation that a year later shows no signs of giving up. End quote. By the way, best sentence ever, shave with Occam's razor. That is the best. Like, I love that. Anyways, the burning question surrounding Thompson's fate is the inexplicable lack of records relating to his disappearance or even the search operations that took place at that time. It was previously reported that the U.S. had deployed a helicopter from Vietnam to aid in the search and rescue. And this only goes to show that Thompson remained an asset to the American government. But if that was really the case, should there have been more details of his sudden departure? Hmm. All attempts to unravel the Thompson case lead, led to dead ends, with both the Malaysian Police Department and the U.S. Embassy in Malaysia saying that records were not kept for such long periods. A search in the National Archives only yielded newspaper articles, and even then it was noted that his disappearance was not as thoroughly recorded or reported, perhaps due to the Vietnam War, the opening of the first race circuit in Malaysia, and the ongoing Sukarno Suharto spat in Indonesia, which were all happening at the same time. During the research, it was discovered that the Moonlight Cottage, which was later renamed the Jim Thompson Cottage, has recently been renamed to the Sunlight Bungalow. Day by day, it feels like Tom Jim Thompson is just fading away. This case, much like the disappearance of famed American pilot Amelia Earhart, will continue to fascinate and tease the imagination. 
Given the lack of documentation, perhaps it is easier just to believe that Thompson was taken away by the forest fairies all those years ago. The case of Jim Thompson has been mired in debate, speculation, and rampant conspiracy theories for years. There are a plenitude of theories and clues that have been pursued by both authorities and amateur sleuths alike. But for all of the desperate information they claim to have, they all have one thing in common. That no one really has the slightest idea of where Jim Thompson went or what became of him. That documentary in 2017 claimed to have the answer. Their conclusion? Thompson was slain by rebels from the Communist Party of Malaya who grew suspicious after he arrived in the jungle and began requesting a meeting with the party secretary-general, at the time Malaysia's most wanted man. Rather than vacationing, the filmmaker said Thompson was on what turned out to be a final, fatal mission. While plausible questions still swarm around the case, was he the victim of international intrigue or the cutthroat actions of competitors? Did he make a few too many enemies along his meteoric rise to success and ultimately paid that price? Was this the work of disgruntled ties who resented his hoarding of their priceless relics and artifacts? Did he simply get lost out in the wilderness and perish where no one would ever find him? Was it aliens? It was aliens. You know I'm going to say it was always aliens because when in doubt, it's always aliens, right? Ultimately, Nobody has the answers to any of these questions, and the legendary face of Ty Silk remains an enigma, his ultimate fate unknown. And on a side note, if you're interested, his company is still going strong, putting out lovely textiles and fashions. Don't hesitate to look them up. And with that, my darlings, we've come to the end of our episode. I thank you for joining me here today, and I hope you'll take some time to reach out to me and share your thoughts on what you think happened. You can always reach me and the show at darkenigmapodcast at gmail.com. And if you have a suggestion for a future show, you just want to tell me what you think, you're bored and you need somebody to talk to, drop me a line because I do reply to every single email. And on that note, that's all the time I have for you this evening. I thank you for joining me here on Renegade Talk Radio, and you guessed it, don't forget to tune in next time, my darlings. See you, my heathens. I love you. We don't sugarcoat shit. <laughs> this is Renegade Talk Radio. Renegade Talk Radio.